Thank, Thank you, you sir. LeBron, We're good. Do you guys you guys need beverages? Are you that? good? What's that? LeBron, you need one? What is it? Somebody get uh, Aster LeBron. Okay, Herb got you. You got some? 10-second countdown. 10 seconds. You ready, ready to go? We're ready. All right, we're rolling. Y'all ready? Johnny, we rolling? Yeah. We're rolling. Welcome, everybody. How y'all doing today? Can I get a round of applause for our senior round of guests here? Thank you much, and welcome to episode two of Kick in Knowledge. Yeah, yeah. With the one and only Mr. Ezai and... E. Weezy, my man, Ian Williams, that's me. The esteemed owner of Dead Stock Coffee here in hey. Portland, Oregon. Um, today, we have some exceptional guests, as we often try to bring you on our show. And um, I believe it's, uh, neither one of these gentlemen are strangers to the topic we're talking about today, which is on um, being behind the brand and actually growing your brand and what are those key important things. But we have none other than the man, the myth, the legend, God's favorite DJ, hey. DJ Clark Kent. Can we get a round of applause? And, and a man that y'all don't even realize has touched everything that you've probably worn in the past 15 or so years or more, possibly. He's the guy that Fabulous referenced when he got the Nikes from Aster, Mr. Aster Chambers. We'll take you way back. We'll take you yeah, way you back did, with that you one. Did right yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this my mic? That's your mic. That's your mic. That's your mic. So, so um,. How you I doing think, today, I th bro? I think he wants to spit a verse before we start. <laughs> he does. Oh, no, you're no, the answer. No, no, I never no, heard no, you. You, you don't even want that. You I know you got. I know it's in the family. Yeah, it's in the family, just not here. That's just not, not here. Huh? Not here. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, uh, how y'all doing today? This, this Portland weather is like a little crappy. Favored. Yes, that's a great thing. But the, the Portland weather is a little stinky today. But it's still all good. I'm it's, glad y'all can Portland make it. Portland weather. For... I, I think you shouldn't say Portland weather is stinky. It's just Portland weather. It's Portland weather. Like it's when it's just what we got. It, I expected it. This but is you know, fair. so crazy. Up until now, it's been amazing. We're supposed to get a deeper period of amazingness. This week right now, it's really got me very salty. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, say so much I'm with you. I'm with you on very, that. Very, very salty. I it's went from sun if, to fireplaces. No, and we live in a place that we have 10 oh, months Shout out to fireplaces. Sorry. I sh we shouldn't be doing this. That's no, all good. Yeah. We're lamenting. Especially on today. Yeah, because we got two Especially great people here. Especially on today. And yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Today is a huge day. Today, today. You know what today is? I mean, it's the day that we got Aster. And Clark in the in the studio. No, no, well, no, not no, just no, that. No. That's second. even bigger. I mean, that's second. The oh, first. Yeah, yeah. The first. We're thing. talking about 14 years of matrimony for yeah, my man yeah, AC yeah, and no, the no, lovely no, Miss no, Trey no, Renee. No. Oh, approach, for real? Approach that properly. 14 years of blissful, blissful marriage. Man. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, yes. Everybody, give a happy anniversary for Aster and Tracy. It's a beautiful thing. It's yeah, beautiful for you, Portlandites, she's Trey Renee. That's on the morning show, and she's on Jamming. Yes, 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 yes. And then K two afternoon live. Just don't want to leave off any credits. With with the the child. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, she has Emmy. Yeah, she has an Emmy. And then we also you got royalty in the house. But they also are the parents of the Bobby McKenzie, superstar, super duper star, superstar youth. Okay, this show is not supposed to be about all of Broadway. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And actually, it is. You know why? Because that is a major part of who you are in your fiber yes. and being behind so brands. everything yes. that, that you're uh, wait, think about yeah. how behind that brand you no, are that, this shout. is exactly what we should be talking about all the things that go into being behind those brands absolutely absolutely you too Clark I know you got a little got an artist in your family as well I mean yeah, yeah I mean she draws exceptional yeah, I'm, I'm trying to play it off we purchased, purchased a piece of art <laughs> there it yes. is we yes. purchased let's yes. keep it real yes. very real she's amazing she's pretty good 
right. Well, let's let's just, just hop into the thing. The most important thing here. We you know people came here to actually you know we had a good studio audience in here. Give a big round of applause for our studio audience again. We got people listening, people looking in on IG Live to actually hear you guys and say, hey, what's up? Say what's up to the Kicking Knowledge people right there, Kicking the Knowledge crew. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but, you know, let's, let's start off with the importance of here, man. Like, what was your first job? And, like, you know, how did that actually help to frame you up to be who you are and, like, you know, help you with brand building? Uh, first job, ironically enough, Foot Locker. And it was because I was told that I needed to have some footwear experience selling product if I want to get into this industry. And growing up in the industry, I felt like this is where I want to be, so I worked at Foot Locker in the summers. So I got a good line of sight to see what kind of mindset that brand um, was portraying and trying to push out there, given that they were the, at that point, the mass de destination. Obviously, we had our local spots. I had my Choey's up on 103rd that I used to go to, but Foot Locker was, Woo! yeah, I went there. Choice. Shout that out went to over Choice. everybody's head. Yeah, so sorry. That mine is way over. Yeah, way over your head, but you got to understand, we helped build the culture and we were part of it from a consumer standpoint and an executive standpoint, so places like this that had the saran wrap around the shoe, like this was real. Hold on, let's, let's just pause for a second. Yeah. Where are you gentlemen from, actually, before we go any further? Because I think that's important people oh, to understand. Born too. and raised in New York. Born and raised in New York. I was born in Panama, but raised in Brooklyn. Very important, very important. Yes. All right, back, back to your job, your career, your, your job starts. Yes, yeah, so that was the first job. Okay. That was the first job. Um, my first job, actual I have a job job, was um, working at uh, Atlantic Records. And um, I was given the job because I was a DJ or one of the kind of important DJs in New York playing most of the clubs. And the, the, the guy who was running... Um, Motown Records was a, another DJ named Timmy Regisford who was a friend and one day he pulls me in his office and says hey you should have a record company job and the reason why is because he felt like I could see records before the artist was gonna work so he said you need to do A&R and he pulls me in his office at Motown if, if, if I can ask you because I mean I think that's another art that's lost actually outside of the sneaker world and everything but just can you explain to the audience what A&R means basically mm -hmm. A&R means artist and repertoire it's actually the A&R's job to fundamentally make the artist's album or find the artist first, then pair him with producers, pair him with songwriters, pair him with everything so that you are actually making the artist right. Um, like I said, uh, Timmy Register pulls me in his office over at Atlantic, Re I mean at Motown Records and says, you need to come do A&R. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna come do A&R at Motown Records. And he goes, nah, nah, you're gonna go to Epic. So he sends me across town. Hank Caldwell, who was running Epic, hires me. And four days later, he calls me and says, nah, you're gonna leave there and you're gonna go to Atlantic Records. And to my confusion, I'm just like, well, how can you over at Motown tell me to go work at Epic? I go there, I start getting paid, and then four days later, you tell me, no, you're gonna leave and go to another company that you don't work at because your friend is also over there working and you go work with him. So that was my first real job. And uh, it's funny that we're talking about brand building because every time you make an artist, you're actually building a brand. A brand. Yep. Now, what the artist does with the brand is their own decision. And nowadays, now when an artist is being signed, they're being signed to be looked at as a brand instead of being looked at as an artist. So that was my job, was to build initial brands in the first place. 
That's so dope. So, so what were the, what were the things? Maybe some takeaways from that that you that you maybe still use today from that first job. You too, Esther. I think uh, the most important takeaway that I that I try to instill in artists that I can now use upon myself is every artist I signed, I told them, don't try to be like another artist because I don't need another version of Tupac. I don't need another version of Jay-Z. I don't need another version of A Tribe Called Quest. I need the first version of you. So if I'm telling you that and I stop and I say, okay, well, now I gotta focus on my brand or so-called brand, I gotta make sure that I'm not another Red Alert mm-hmm. or another uh, Cool Herc or another and I say another in those names or the reasons I say those names is because those are guys that I respect mm-hmm. so if I look at them like I respect them and I want to be as respected as I am of at, at, I want to be respected my way as much as I respect them mm-hmm. those are the guys that I'm going well I can't be like them or I'm never going to be respected that way I have to be as special yep. with what I'm doing as they are and then try to be a little better so that I'm not looked at as the little red alert. Right. I think that's that's a point that we should probably do a deep dive on because that's something for me that I think resonates uh, in a big, big way of this need and desire to be comfortable with being different. Yeah. I think it yeah. sounds much easier than what it is, but you got to find your comfort with being different. Absolutely. Because yep. if you try so to be like someone else or something else, you will always be number two. I mean, I say this to my daughter every day to find that comfort zone. And it's very, very, very real and very, very critical in today's world. Um, and I think as you, as you look at that component of being comfortable with being different, you you'd also don't want to be different at the rate of becoming the same. Not, not only that, you don't want to be so different that you're offending anybody. You want to be different, but carefully different so that they can appreciate the difference and not go, oh, dude's just out of his mind. Because different is very scary for the average person. But then you have to think. Let's look at making records. There's a reason why someone's a producer. It's because someone isn't a producer. So someone has to make the music. So everybody else who's listening to the music listens with a happy ear. This guy has to listen with a critical ear to make people hear happily. So when you're trying to be different, in that difference that you're trying to be, you still actually have to not be that different that you scare somebody off. Mm Yeah, I think that's something that we kind of, Herb is actually trying to make sure we push a little bit. Herb's the actual creator for the Sneaker Week thing here. Everybody get a round of applause for that, too. But but Herb's pushing the big point about making sure that, uh, and and I think Dwayne's pushing this big, too, with Penn Souls, about just being your own person and being your own creative and actually able to make your own mark in the world and everything. And I think that's, like, a really important piece. Um, So what's your, tell us your earliest experiences, like, with marketing of yourself or of of a first brand that you actually work with and everything? Like, what was your earliest experience of that? I guess it, uh, you got to look at when, when you go into the job market. I mean, that's really where your branding starts because, again, you have to look at yourself as a brand before you can think about being a part of anything else. How are you presenting yourself? And I think I had to look at myself and take myself through this exercise of, okay, what are the things that I'm bringing to the table? What are the things I want to learn? What are the things I need to learn? What are the things I would do really well? that I want to share. I think so for me, it was when I first got into the market, when I got out of college and I was looking to get into Nike. I mean, so the Foot Locker thing was obviously when I was in college, but when I got out of, col- out of college and I decided, you know what, Nike was a place that I wanted to work and uh, actually get a paycheck because I made a whole lot of money for them as an 
individual Ooh, that procured damn. a lot of product, gave him a lot of insights uh, from a street level on why people were actually wearing stuff and not running in running shoes or playing basketball in basketball shoes. There was a reason. Let's get a big round of applause for that, because I don't know if you guys are really catching the gym that was dropped just now, but we're going to get a big round of applause for that just now. He basically is letting you know that he ushered this thing from, I'm serious, but from actual just on court to validating the lifestyle aspect yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think, again, growing up in New York, I was, I was fortunate enough to meet um, some individuals at my high school who worked for Nike then. Uh, they enjoyed my company, had me come into the office. Let, let's take it a deep separate, because oh, I, I know these stories personally, but yes. again, <laughs> I know these stories, but the people listening that are here don't know these stories, okay. and I think okay. they need to know these stories. Okay. Um, so this individual who will remain nameless until Isai jumps back on the mic to say, please share that name with him. Um, but they enjoyed the company and said, hey, look, why don't you come to the office to talk about shoes one day? Having no clue what that even meant, but Ooh, they were what we call the focus group. <laughs> Right, but that was at a time where companies like Nike right there, guys. had man. no idea as to why people were procuring the product and really not playing basketball or running in it. So we had to then show them. We, being myself and individuals in my core, you know, friends, family in the neighborhood, I literally would take designers into the market, 125th Street, 110th Street, all these different places that I spent a ton of time and just had them sit and watch and learn because they were from here. They had no clue. Now, that, everyone who's watching, I, you might look at Ashley and think he's only 16 and everything, but you, you mind telling him what year this might have been, actually? Just, so that, that year, literally, <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. So very well played. Just that, was, uh, that was 92. So that was 92. 1992? Yes. That was a real year. So damn. in 92, this is what was taking place. And again, if you go back into the history and you look at when um, sh the business, this lifestyle business, really started to grow, it was, this was when the wheels started to turn of, wait a minute, you mean we could just sell that shoe to people who are not actually gonna run in it? And we're like, absolutely. <laughs> and play basketball, absolutely. They're not going to play ball in that. They just wanna wear it as an expression of their personality. So I say all that to say a wise young lady in my life called my mother, after I graduated from college, said, okay, look, them giving you all those shoes were cool, now they need to give you a job and you need to get paid for that. That's what I'm Because you about. made a ton of money for them. Yes. And that now needs to be reciprocated. Facts. Yeah. Man, and, that's and Look, and, and let's just that's go ahead and just pull the wool all the way off and everything. Who might those designers have been that ever? Oh, uh, the Tinker Hatfields of the world, uh, Mark Park. Uh, well, Mark Parker through his sister, who was the one that actually pulled me in um, for those sessions. Uh, Mark Smith, who I'm Shout still very... Betsy Parker, love her to death. Um, Mark Smith, who I'm still very dear friends with and got the opportunity to work with. Um, oh, damn. Absolutely. Uh, Aaron Cooper, Eric Avar. I mean, these guys are all major staples um, in this industry, and rightfully so. But I would take these guys all around and actually help them with insights on the design of shoes. Literally saw Coop the other morning and told them both of y'all were on the show. He said, oh, good. Good, good, good. Good guy, good guy. Very good guy. Very good guy. Cool. Clark, what's your take? What's your take on that? Wait, one more time, the question. I, I got so yeah. caught up in that beautiful answer and I was so hyped because he's my friend and I remember when it was happening that I forgot the question. Hey, I, while, while we get back to the question, I have to take a moment and actually appreciate you guys for being here. Do you remember how we actually, how I met Clark? I don't. I was taken out the trash. Yeah. I came to take out your trash because I used to take out your trash all the time. What up, Marcus, in the back? I used to take out the trash in your area. Clark was sitting at your desk. Mm. I think he was reading The Soul Collector or something like that. That's crazy. And you were like, Ian, meet my boy Clark. 
And Yo, that's actually how I met so Wait, crazy. Wait. <laughs> oh, jam. <laughs> no, wait. Wait, wait. That's crazy. I jam. Wait, no kids. Oh, right? I jam. fucking remember that. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yo, you like, want, and you want me to tell you? Let me tell you how now it's super clear that I remember that because later when I met you again, I felt like I already knew you. Yeah. <laughs> remember when we was um at Kenny's party. At Kenny's party, and I was like, I know this guy already. Yeah. And we were having a conversation about shit that. Oh, it was like, like wait a minute, it was like five minutes in. Yeah. We were in, and I'm just like, no, I know this guy. Yeah. But then I was like, I right, fuck it, I don't yeah, know him, but I feel like fan. I know him. <laughs> yeah. but I know yeah. you. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, That's so crazy. So yeah, I just Woo. wanted to. I just, it's crazy to be here. Yeah, and and have this moment. I don't, I, I was actually when he said Astro was gonna be on too. I was like, yo, this is. I'm having a, a big moment me. on everything. It's a I've big seen like, <laughs> like literally just twenty plus across the board across over here and everything. So it's just like easy. Yeah. Yeah. And just greatness of hey. the magic we've seen in this man right here. Oh, doing super proud. Oh, thank you very much, man. Stories can be that. told there as well, and they probably will. They will oh, be. One day. And they will. One day. So he's a very, 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 he's a very, very selfless man. This guy yes. is a very selfless man. So I'm sorry. I, I think I will now jump in and then say a story then with okay. that, because I think it's very key. So I don't know how many of you know him well or not well, but just notice how we started his last story. He was literally a janitor. At Nike, and I take nothing, there's nothing wrong with being a janitor, but he was a janitor at Nike who had a vision, who had a passion, and who had a great spirit. And maybe just for me, I have an affinity for great spirits. I think I, I attract and I like to be around those who have great spirits. So I felt like there was something different about him, and I spent a lot of time with him and helped him with his career of getting a job at Nike and progressing and flourishing into whatever he chose to do like he's doing today. So I've told him this before about how super proud I am of him, but it's always good to hear it from others and just know where people have come to understand the journey. Because I think a lot of people just look at the end result for people and think, oh my gosh, you're amazing. Be you with this amazing DJ, mm -hmm. making all this money around the world. You've got your coffee shop, but they don't know what it took to get there. There's a body of work that took place to get there. And I remember this man having a job at Nike and then coming to my office with a different proposition of, this is something I'm passionate about and I have a business plan on something oh, that I yeah. want to create. It's true. <laughs> Actually, Ooh, both of y'all. Which is, which is now downstairs. That's our coffee. So you can hold a bud with that. You got to do it now. Big, 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 big round of applause for Dips Coffee. If y'all haven't been to Portland yet, when you get here, your first stop has to be in Chinatown at Dips Coffee. So I just want to take that moment to applaud you. Thank you. And just know that your story is a story that needs to be told. You got to be transparent with it because that's going to help other people. Thank you. Because people don't want to step out on the ledge because of fear. But they got to be able to see that, wait, other people have done similar things like this before me. I, too, can do that. So humble, I love, but you got to be transparent and share your story. I, I think something that's, do it, I'm gonna do it. that's really important for people who do accomplish anything and I learned it way late in my life you have to live in your greatness mm -hmm. if you're gonna be great you gotta live in your greatness don't waste your time while you're here live in your greatness so you're doing great things and live in your greatness thank live you in your greatness yeah, I know this is like a master class, honestly. Like, this is a come up for y'all today to get this, like, for free. And all you guys on IG Live, like, this is a big come up. Oh, you mess with it? This hey, man. That's the LeBron on. No, LeBron this is tea. I don't drink coffee. Had to, had to hit the family downstairs. downstairs. Oh, but you're in. delivery. Yeah, this is this is a smidgen of it. Ice tea, yeah. ice tea mixed with 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 no, ice tea mixed beef. with lemonade with the, a little bit of coffee, which I was it's like, a no way. Proprietary blend, so it. if you're watching, you can't make it at home. I love it. No, you can try to make it at home. You can be able to do it. Ice tea blender, some sort. 
what is it? I, I don't know. I just I text my man Dallas in the back and said, Aster said, get him some tea, please. And he put and thank you. Together. And he just went downstairs and checked it up. It's all the way. Like okay, I said, cool. you got to make sure you hit here. Shout out for Deadstock family, everybody. Yes. Wait, 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 wait. Can I, can I tell you, like, or tell everyone if you haven't been to Deadstock Coffee? Um, I mean, Deadstock, yeah, Deadstock Coffee. I, I sat in there and totally forgot that I was in this place that was making these drinks with coffee, talking about rap records and, and producers. And, with tea, older and, brother. And, <laughs> and, and, and I totally forgot that I was there for that. I totally forgot everything else that the place is about because of just the good feeling of the people. The it seems yeah, it's like all about the people who come there, it's almost like they're waiting to have a conversation like we had. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, someone come here and talk about some shit that we don't talk about already. And then it turned into everybody chiming in. And why is this producer great? And why is that producer great? And I think what happened in there was he can't be talking about this guy. Because when you have those conversations, it's usually, oh, Dr. Dre's the greatest. Oh, DJ Premier's the greatest. Or this person. And I was naming names, and people were like, what? Oh, and then I made damn. people listen to music. They were happy. Hmm. I was like, they're actually going to sit here and listen to records that I talked about. Shout out to Sucker this, Free. You, you, you can't get that. It's, that's oh, not is that regular. why I was playing when I walked in? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, thought, yeah. I thought Kevin just was like, oh, yeah. Ain't me. nobody just sitting around okay. playing Sugar Free. <laughs> I was like, man, this is, this <laughs> is They're crazy. not just doing that. But when they played it, they understood where I was coming from about what I was speaking about so that it, they could connect to it. And everybody was just like, yeah, like, let's listen to it. You know what I'm saying? And you don't get that walking into Starbucks because it doesn't feel like you're in a place where everybody knows your name. And it felt like everybody really knew each other. It almost felt like I knew do. those guys yeah, like that. Yeah. It's really dope that you can create something like that and Thank it can you. flourish because everybody in there was buying something too. That's the other part. Oh, shout out to people so that's buying dope. stuff. Yeah. That's real dope. <laughs> everybody keep coming. I need you. <laughs> okay. So back, back, back to that question. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us your earliest experiences with marketing of yourself and you know, what was it? What was it basically? Okay, well, Again, I come from New York. Um, I'm a little older than probably everybody here. Again, the 16 and, year old looks like he's, you know. And the, the era that I come from, um, I, was, I was a little rough and I did some rough things. And uh, so you, your anonymity was everything. So as much as I was out there DJing all the clubs and being DJ Clark Kent outside in the street, I was a totally different kind of animal. So I didn't care about being famous. I cared about being rich. Mm -hmm. And when you're from New York, fame doesn't mean you're rich. So I really could care less. So when you went to a DJ Clark Camp party, my name wasn't on the flyer. And he knows that's true. Like some of the first times my name was, my face was on a flyer was 2620 parties yeah. because you guys were putting my face and I was like what are you doing you like don't put my face killing killing we, we knew about marketing that's what it was <laughs> no, the, you, you, the, literally the, the, pause on that real quick wait wait, a, wait hold on okay 2620 was a crew of younger brothers he was the youngest one mm -hmm. or was yeah you were the yeah, he was one Sabe was the youngest shout out to Bay what's that mean 40 minutes left oh no love that love that that mean oh. wrap up your answer no no no, no, no. no, no. we're taking all the minutes I no. love it okay cool y'all um, welcome well done I'm gonna tell you about 2620 shout out to Jenny shout yeah, out I'm gonna Jenny, tell y'all about 2620 before he can 2620 was a crew of young friends who I was practically 
I was like their big brother to half of them and uncle to the rest of them. So when I came to town, all the things they thought they knew, I taught them everything they should know. Is that, a, is that a fair assessment? Please believe it. Please believe it. But they were so good at what they did know that I felt like, yes, young brothers who care about each other, who are friends, who want to see each other win. win. And they wanted to have fun. And they wanted to be fly. So... I was already fun, I was already fly, and I was already getting to the money, so I was like a superhero to them, but they couldn't believe believe that I treated them like family, and we became family. So, the marketing that y'all were doing was fine in the grand scheme of things, but... (laughs) In my world, I was like, Duke, you put my name on a, yeah. you put my face on a flyer. The name, <laughs> the name is all good. Right now, I, yo, I, the other day, Kenny posted, Shout out to Kenny Kenny posted yeah. a flyer with my face from that time. And I was just like, boy, if they had ever <laughs> ran up on me at that time. <laughs> way before that Instagram. Yeah, that was way oh before Instagram. Gosh. There were no faces on flyers. I think Jay-Z told y'all man. something about how catching that period like Chill, Instagram. Chill, exactly. yeah. Chill. Yeah. And they, and and they, they, they so basically, that was my first time when I had to really deal with people going, that's Clark, before they had to hear Clark. So that was something I never wanted to do. I didn't care about it. And then things started to change. When you started seeing producers wanting to make their own albums, I never wanted to make an album, so I never made an album. I wanted to make albums. I wanted to make albums for artists. I didn't care about the fame. Then this whole, oh, you got to market yourself thing. And then the face on the flyer. And then people going, oh. And then I realized, wait, that O can actually change the O's. Hmm. So. Let that sit. Let that sit. Those are gems right there. Let that sit. The O. The O changed the O's. And it really did. And. I never understood why there were dudes around me who were doing what I was doing and they were getting paid and they weren't really that good. But it was because you always saw them. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, well, I'm like, I'm, I'm a lot better than these guys. Mm-hmm. So soon as I let my face show, they started to lose their jobs. So then I realized, okay, yeah, the work really does matter, but that face actually can help. And- you Gotta brand yourself. And the, the look, the chicks told me I wasn't hard to look at. <laughs> Did they really? Well, I'm just saying. Easy on the eyes no, helps. no, no. Look, look. I'm I'm being honest. This was a time when you, I, there was no way I wanted my face on the fly, and it was Atlanta, B. You know how I was in Atlanta, and then it was his face is on the fly. That's him, and then I was like, oh. It's a win-win. So that all also changed some O's, too. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was... Awesome. That was outstanding. That was outstanding. That was the upgrade. But, but, but um, you know, so I started to actually pay attention to the things that started to matter to people. And it didn't matter before. You know what I'm saying? It didn't matter that my face wasn't on a flyer until my face got on a flyer, and then it mattered. So I started to... Agree with okay with the face on, and then I for the first time in my life, like I, I think I might have almost been thirty. I took a promo picture, and I was able to give the picture away, and that only rappers do that shit. Yeah, and I did, and it worked. So I realized that that marketing helped, but I also know that that marketing wouldn't have done shit if I wasn't a really really good DJ. 
You know what I'm saying? You can put your face all over, but if you whack, they're going to do away with you. So in other words, a blend of skills and branding is key. Yeah. It can't just be about branding. It can't just be about branding because you can brand shit, it's still going to be damn. shit. damn. True story. Boom. Podcast over. No, <laughs> Mic dropped. Um, how it just you... might be some very well marketed shit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I realize, be though. clear. You wanna, you wanna There's a lot of very well marketed shit. With it's just terrible that, products. It's just that it goes away so quick. Yeah. And with that, I'm going to say I've been DJing for 42 years. Oh. Wow. Shout that's out crazy. to Clark for DJing. No, no, no. Wait. I say that. I say that because I marketed good shit. Right. You can't DJ for 42 no, years at this good, level no, no. and not be good. They're no. going to be like, why are we paying him? Exactly. So tonight when y'all come down to Vibes and Things, you will well, understand oh, that wow. I'm a very, shameless very proud Shameless love. Did you like love. that? That was yeah. seamless no, that and so, so well done. done. That was that. That was you. That was that. You know what that was? You know what that was? You know what that was? That was that very minimal marketing I'm willing yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've done this before. But, uh, yes, he's done this yeah. before. Yes. Um, so, qu next question. <laughs> so, like, um, how'd you flip that understanding to um, new avenues and opportunities that came about for you? Like, all the stuff that you did back then and everything. How'd you flip that into new stuff? Um, I think the one thing that probably makes me different than most people who are um, doing... Dualities or trialities. That was nice. You that was like nice. that? Just run that back. Dualities or trialities? Dualities or trialities is the fact that I never tried to do something else. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, the oh, shoes, damn. since I was nine, I wanted to be as fresh as Rolando Scott, nah. Ishmael, um, uh, Fredo, uh, uh, all the older dudes on my block, I wanted to be as fresh as them because they had the best cars and the prettiest girls. And I'm from the hood, and all you wanted to do was be like them because we ain't have fathers. So they were the older homies. I come from the block that created the, the toughest gang in New York, in, in Brooklyn, called the Jolly Stompers. The leader was four houses down from me. I wanted to be just like him. So how are you going to be just like him? Well, you're going to look at him. First things first, I can't fight the people you're going to fight because I'm not. But your sneakers, your sneakers are super fresh. And your girl is cute. How did you get the girl? Must be the sneakers. Because you, you're too fresh. It got to be the sneakers. Because you're, sneakers. Sneakers. you're super fresh. So we just wanted to be fresh. So when I was young, I wanted to be fresh. So we did things around my way to get money to buy sneakers. We didn't know there was some extra shit that went along with it. We're nine. We just think... If I get sneakers, the girl I'm going to get is going to look like Ishmael's girl. When you can get girls, it might look like that. But right now, you're nine, so it's just the sneakers. <laughs> we didn't know. I'm being honest. We That's didn't fair. know. That's what we thought. But, but think yeah. about it. If there's no father saying, this is the way it's going down, we're looking at that like, well, that's, that's got to be what it is. So that's all we cared about was getting fresh sneakers. So we helped every person on the block who needed something done. It was a guy on the block. I felt like he wanted to save our lives. So every Saturday, he made us move newspapers from one side of his garage. I mean, from, from one side of his basement to the other side. It's like he made a job that we're just going to move these newspapers every weekend. And he would give us $10. 
each. Oh, Jack. Back then. To the old heads for looking at Yeah, shout out to the old head who didn't Man. want us to rob his house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to believe I have to believe he was he was trying to save our yeah. lives. So every weekend we got that ten dollars and we took fifty cents, went down to Glenwood Flea Market and bought Proquettes. For for nine dollars. Shout out to Procast for being for nine dollars. So on. listen, <laughs> yeah, very thrifty back then. Nine dollars with ten dollars, fifty cents to get on the bus. Nine dollars to buy your sneakers, fifty cents to get back. Oh, oh. if you didn't get robbed. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> the ten dollars stories in New York City. If y'all only knew. Yeah, but ten dollars oh, was a million dollars when you're nine. Oh yeah, absolutely. Getting on the bus and going to Glenwood Flea Market was like going to Canada. When you're nine, <laughs> because the fear—the fear of trying to get back. When I look back now, and I realize where Glenwood Flea Market was, I should have thought to myself, "Ain't shit gonna happen there. Nobody lives there." But we were scared, so we went. We bought our sneakers, came back. We were as fresh as the older guys on the block. That never stopped for me. So when the brands started trying to figure out certain things, and the talk is, well, Clark got a brand new pair of sneakers all the time. It became, well, we got to do this anniversary for Air Force One. But before that, I had conversations with Jerry Erasmi. Asta was hooking me up. Anybody in the brands, like if I knew him, you have to remember, I'm also Jay-Z's DJ, Puff Daddy's DJ, Notorious Big's DJ, Dana Dane's DJ. Shout out oh, to the name drops just now and all the big yeah, entertainers yeah, yeah. that we drop. We need a big one for that, guys. Come on, come on. Those are, those are real name drops. Yeah, let's keep it real. Those are real name all drops. All the way real. Okay. We're on tour. <laughs> <laughs> We're on tour with Puff Daddy. We get to Portland. Drew Greer is in place. Shout out to the homie Drew. Nah, Drew Greer. Drew Greer, real deal shit, might be number three in the architect of what y'all call the sneaker culture. Absolutely. Shout out to Drew. We're going right. to have you on the show at some point. And Mike Parker. Mike Parker. And Mike Parker. Drew and Mike, Greer. definitely, because we need you out here for next year. Mike Parker, Drew Greer, Spike Lee. Spike Lee is first. Then Drew Greer, Mike Parker, um, Sheldon, mm. Mike, Mike Torres. Ah, Torres. Okay. Torres, shout out to Mike Torres. He's these are your, names that He's on your probably, sample tags. These, these, these are names that probably y'all are... Just never ever come across. Yeah, but I really like shoes. At and some I don't know point, somebody this. should tell the story properly. Yes. But, yes. I mean, I know mythical names. Like they out there. I never met them. No, I'm thinking. I'm on tour with Puff Daddy. We come here. I know Drew. I leave the tour. I'm going to see Drew at Nike. I come back. I got 20 pairs of sneakers. <laughs> Everybody's like, "Yo, God, yo, what you got? What you, what you got? What you got? Where, where you got?" I brought everybody sneakers. Cause I came, I came to Nike and brought sneakers back for everybody who was on the tour. Mm. Puff's like, "Yo, how the fuck did you do that?" I was like, "Well, my man works at Nike. I told y'all to come with me <laughs> to my man who works at Nike. What he was doing was something that Nike wasn't doing: entertainment marketing." Yep. Shout out to Drew for the early entertainment. Drew was wait, doing wait. that shit by accident. I don't even think he knew. I think he was just going. Clock's my man. He likes sneakers. I'm gonna hook him up. And he hooked me up, but when I brought him back, I was wearing a pair of yellow and white Air Force Ones. Buster Rhymes went so crazy, I had to take the shits off and give them to him. <laughs> he will tell you that story to this day. Yo, the motherfucker Clark took sneakers off his feet. Oh, that's damn. my man. Classic tales you're never going to get anywhere else. Yeah, that's a great story. I love but, Buster. <laughs> <laughs> but that happened, and then I guess they just never forgot. Well, Clark made that happen with that whole bad boy tour, so... 
Why? Well, everybody knows I'm about the shoes. So when they came to when it came to 25th anniversary and they're having these conversations, I'm a real actual mm-hmm. answer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You looked at the Bobito, Bobito's a real answer. You know what I'm saying? He wrote a book, but Bobito can tell you himself if he looked at everything that he wrote about in the book, I was doing that shit in front of him. So everything that he wrote about, like he saw it firsthand looking at me. Yeah, he was in the shoes too, but I was really, really that guy. You came to my house, there was 2,000 pairs of sneakers in the 80s. Literally. To the point where... Literally, y'all. Literally. To the point Literally. where I was actually oh, a weirdo damn. for some shit that people look at me now and go, oh my God. I was like, it's weird. I, I was fucking weird. Like every girl that came to my house was like, you know, this is a problem. <laughs> Right. Hey, and I was still, like, that's still a comment. Yeah, and no, no, you don't understand who I was. I was like, well, you ain't staying. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it might be a problem for now, but yeah. by the time you're gone, it'll still be with me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but the, the thing was, somebody was watching. And they were watching. And this was before social media, so it had to be somebody was really talking. And it was, yeah, nah, he, he's... He got it. He does it. So when they were going, well, who's the guy with the, the Air Force Ones? They were like, well, Clark wears Air Force Ones every day. So the conversation came, and they talked to me. And the conversation I gave them back was insightful enough for them to go, hold on. Stop talking. Call a lawyer. So I call a lawyer. What the fuck do I want to call me a lawyer for? <laughs> so I call my lawyer. Um, well, we're going to offer you a, a contract. So... When, when you ask what was my thing to go get it, I didn't ask. It was so actual that they were like, yeah, okay. But to me, that's probably the one thing that's fleeting in the game. They're not going to what's actual. They're looking to what's being crafted. Like, this is the guy who says he's a sneakerhead. I've never been that guy. Like, I never said I was a sneakerhead. I'm just the guy who likes sneakers. So all the guys that's being, Curious that are story. telling you that they're a sneakerhead or they're, oh, yeah, my collection is this. I never told you. I never showed you. Can anyone here say they've ever seen my sneaker collection? I think one of the first times that it was really put on was in that Soul Collector. Yeah, but it was what I showed them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it yeah. was because it was for the 25th anniversary of Plus One. I didn't let them go through the shoes. And, and to be fair, like, I, you know, I've known you for a while and everything. And you, I don't, yeah, I don't think I, I just knew you always showed up with ill, ill kicks. And I just never, I just was like, oh, he's like the rest of us and everything. Because our crew has right. always been there. We was always on some fresh shit. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I didn't try to, to make everybody believe I, I was this sneaker guy because I still don't. I just like shoes. And I appreciate the game. Like, the game is gone. That's one thing. So I can't appreciate the game anymore. You can't walk into a store and be mystified anymore because you know about the mm. shoe coming for seven months, yeah. maybe a year. You know what I'm saying? So if you can't be mystified anymore, now it's just, damn, where's my con- do, do I have a connect? Mm. So that means the game is gone. Do you think that's a problem for the brands right now? Has that kind of deteriorated some of the magic the brands created for themselves over the years and stuff like that? Here's what I think the problem is with the brands. AC, you got to chime in. I'm excited for this. I know both of you got to go I got my own opinions. Time to go in. Time to go in. (sighs) Going in time. No, no, just honest. Be honest. Just honest. Um, The problem with the brands is that they're listening to the internet. Mm. They're not listening to people. They're listening to the internet. 
And the reason why I say that is because they believe the comments are real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if most of the comments are hate, but you're selling millions of shoes, is that real? Can't be that real if you're selling millions of shoes. That's just the guy who might not have got it this mm-hmm. week. Oh, them shit's a whack. Oh, this is whack. Oh, they didn't use the, the leather from 85. You were born in 89. How do you know? <laughs> Think about the comments that Damn. you see about the shoes that you're seeing. They're usually some kid talking about some shit that he's never seen. The kid who, who doesn't love a Jordan is because he really can't appreciate mm-hmm. the greatest basketball yeah. I'm from New York. He killed my team every, every time he played them. I will wear Jordan jerseys till they don't make them because he's the greatest. Not because he killed us. You killed us, but you're still the greatest. You're still Michael Jordan. But would you say would you say the brands have lost a little bit of it in terms of like telling the wrong story now? Nah, here's the thing. Because of the internet, hey, so you got something to say about but, this. Boy. Because I be, smile. Nah, my thing is because of the internet. There's way too much information. So if there's way too much information and it's so much at the same time, even if they're trying to tell the story properly, you don't get a second to learn the story because there's so much other people trying to tell oh the story. God. So that means there's way too much information. I'm sorry, I, I, I can't control myself. I'm just going to start with this. Let this oh, sit and marinate damn. for a minute. <laughs> Perception is reality to the uninformed. So now, gems, I'm, gems, listen, listen, gems. I'm going to take that one, and then I'm going to... this for a long time. No, no, no. Perception is reality to the uninformed. So let's now piggyback off of Clark's comments. You remember the era when all those comments on blogs about shoes was the big thing? It was before Instagram, before all the social media. Mm-hmm. This was the thing. So you had executives who were looking at these comments and getting frazzled. You know why? Perception is reality to the uninformed. If you have executives essentially making decisions on businesses that they're not really informed on, but have people who are, but don't necessarily utilize those insights, guess what's gonna happen? The ship is gonna turn to the perceptions that they're hearing because they really don't know. But they're also not leaning on those experts in the building that do know. And to be fair, this happens on all sides. Every brand has to go through this. Every brand goes through this. So this is not just a one brand thing. This is across the board. This is actually a life thing. It really is. Because I think when you look at leadership um, and you look at people who lead, they have, there's a certain component of fear that they have from taking direction or insight from those that work for them, right? They feel like, oh man, that's a dent in my shield or in my armor. Actually, for a real leader, it isn't. It actually shows that you're trusting those that you've hired with the expertise that you needed to help build whatever it is you're trying to build. It's not a form of being insufficient or not good, not a leader. That is being a leader. Empowering and building more leaders yep. is a leader. Yep. Well, but let's see. Oh, wait, hold on. Who's here? Esai's here. You're here. Uh, where, Marcus. Did, where did Marcus? Marcus, 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 Marcus is left? back. Yeah, exactly. All three of them were at Nike at the same time. And all three of them can tell you that every time I had a meeting at Nike, I spoke to them before I went to the meeting because I understand exactly what he's saying. Facts. So I would hear what Aster is saying. I'd understand it to be true. And because I know they're not listening to their team, 
<laughs> For a I reason. just go and talk about what Astor was talking about because it's true. He's not lying. He's telling so, 100% truth. So the things that Marcus was bitching about in quiet, the things that Astor was bitching about in quiet, the things that, that um, Esau was bitching about in quiet, I bitch about it from the outside. So they're looking at me going, yeah, okay, but I actually agreed. So basically what he was saying was true. So now I helped. So they hired me somehow. Well, I'm not going to say hired because I wasn't getting benefits and no. none of that crazy nah. shit. But they 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 kind of cut they 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 cut me a check. <laughs> they they did. It yeah. it was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a legendary. I'm not check. bitching. I'm not bitching. I'm not bitching. You got a I'm couple pairs out of it too. Huh? Yeah. You, got you got a, a few, couple couple pairs. You got a few pairs. Actually, yeah. while we're at that point, just quick <laughs> quick sidebar. How many? And and Astor, you might be able to help the validate too and everything. But I believe Clark has the most collaborated with person in sportswear. If I'm right. Wow, I, I did it not know. I did not know that set. I, I do know where the first collaboration came about. Absolutely. Where, where might that be? Uh, from our friendship. No, 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 no. I'm gonna I'm I'm tell the story so he knows it's true. My first meeting as a consultant, we're sitting in the meeting. I have Timberlands on, and everybody in the meeting, except Aster, kept saying, "You know, we make boots." You remember that? Mm -hmm. You know we make boots. I was like, yeah, the boots that you color like Timberland color, right? And they were like, <laughs> no, nah, they're not all Timberland color. You know we make black boots. Yeah, that's cool. You don't make Timberlands. But I'm at Nike in my first meeting with Timberlands on. You remember that? Absolutely. So we had a meeting. We talked about what we were talking about. Before the meeting was over, I was like, can I do a shoe? And they're like, yeah, Clark, whatever. And I was like, no, no, no. I want to do a shoe. I only want one pair. I want it for me. My motivation I'm being honest, I, and, and this is the truth. You remember, I wanted, to sh I wanted to go back, have a shoe, and show Bobito that I had one, too. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> because Bob. <laughs> Bobito had this, T one, this one pair of Air Force Ones with the burgundy yeah. switch that what said up, Bobito on them. <laughs> Make sure and you tell Bob like, the story. I was like, fuck, those shits are crazy. Look, they were the simplest Air Force Ones in the world, but they were beautiful because I'm an Air Force One guy. I was like... I want to do a sneaker. The only person who paid attention to any of that was Astor. So the meeting was over. He was like, come on, let's go sit down with Mark. Tell him what you want to do. My idea was a minute and a half long. This, that, that, that. Astor was like, well, shit. That looks nice. I'm going to show this to Kelly Hibbler. Look what Clark just did. Shout out to Kelly. Yep, he didn't come back with the happy face. He came back. He was like, Clark, um, what would you do to an Air Max One? Astor doesn't know. Air Max One, my second favorite shoe. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Minute and a half again. Shit's done. Again. Shit's done. Oh, and then he goes, what would you do to an air trainer? And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Remember? That's the one that took me off. I was like, why? Why, why? No, are you doing why, this? why are you making me do this? He was like, because if you create a ones pack, maybe we can get this out. In my mind, I'm like, I don't want this shit to sell. I want to show it to Bobby. <laughs> That's it. I just, my motivation so, so, was. So how about I never knew that story. You never knew that part. That, but that in was my his heart, goal. In my um, heart, I just wanted this one pair of shoes right. that I could be like, Bob, what's up? I'm gonna come see him have lunch and just go. Ta but you see how two two different instances or two different views on a scenario, right? Because for us, it was about how do I stretch my guy because I didn't want him to be in this Air Force One box. He was the Air Force One guy in the building, and I'm like, no, 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 no. It could be bigger than that. He can be bigger than that, and this program could be bigger than that. Let's take all the ones. Take your vision across all these ones. And he, it didn't sit well. No, I mean, not no, at all. Like, literally, he was looking at me like, hey, 
why do I need to do this? I'm like, please trust me. This is what we need to do if we want to make this happen. And you'll be able to do all the Air Force ones you want to do for the rest of your life. But we got to crack through the gate. We got to do this. You got to make it digestible for he, those that you're yeah, feeding. I will say, Aster really kept feeding that. And, and, and like I said, once I got to the Air Max 1, I was like, well, Aster don't know that. I love this shit. Boom, boom, it's done. And then he hits me with the Air Trainer. And I'm just looking at him like, dude. Dude, how about an air trainer SC? He was like, no, it has to be a one. I was like, so we do it. I'm telling you, the air trainer one took the longest time because I was like, well, maybe if we move this and and I didn't want the three shoes to look exactly the same. So I had to keep moving and moving and moving and and changing the elephant print. And then the conversation was, well, probably not going to happen because George is not going to let you do elephant print. Remember that? Mm hmm. Remember those days? Yeah. I, yeah. I had no idea that that's what was happening. Because you probably saw Was that when you were in town? Yeah, no, he was the guy. The day that the one I met him? It, it probably was. Probably. Wow. Probably was. Oh, How did about he that? Me, or did he meet me Black Friday? No. It might have been uh, this fact. Yeah, it, it might have been, been this. this. Yeah, because it was super early. Because was yeah. Black Friday before the <laughs> No, no, no. Black no. Friday was after. This, no, Yo, this was the first this is the shoe first thing he's did. ever done. For the brand, and First now you time came. Man walks the building is three shoes. Okay, next. right. And no, 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 no. Don't no, look at no, it like that. No, no, Don't no, look no. at it like no, that. No, believe me, it was. No, it was. It, there was work. No, no. Yeah. Bro, you can't. I know you work your angles, so I know it was work. It, no, it was work. It, and trust me, it was work. The good part was it really worked. Yeah. And and there was no hype. There was no. There was no marketing plan. No. There was no. Everybody take these beautiful shots and send them out. Mm-hmm. I was like. Yeah, I'm going to go to my man's shop and give them away. Everybody looked at me like, you want to give these shits away? I was like, yeah, I'm going to just give them away. But keep it in perspective. I mean, honestly, if we talk about what we talk about today, truly, you knew exactly what your brand was and how you yeah. were resonating. Yeah. It was a no-brainer. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. But it was definitely the first time Elephant Print was used on a shoe that wasn't an Air Jordan. So it's almost like I, I was tr- I wanted to be so anti oh, jam, and And I really didn't want the shoe to come out. So... I will say to Aster again, like I've said to him a thousand times, thank you for hooking that up and making me do it because I just wanted a pair of sneakers no one had. Yeah. I don't got a lot of sneakers that no one has. I'm just saying, but that's what I wanted. I wanted one pair. I didn't want it to be some, oh, I went in the kitchen. I just wanted them to do what they did for Bobby for me because he's my friend and I was jealous. I'm being honest. He was my friend and when he showed me those sneakers, I was super mad. Like, I was... Like livid. I didn't show him that I was livid. I was like, oh, I'm just mad. <laughs> nah. No, no. You know, uh, Kenny was like, I seen you, little sneaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, word. No, like, oh, word. That's your little sneaker. That's nice. It's cool. Go home, but I'm fucking steaming. I'm steaming. I'm steaming. I love Because it. my only sneaker competition in New York City was Bob. We were the sneaker guys. So he was my only sneaker competition. So he had some shit that I didn't have. And I'm just like, what am I going to do? And I'm telling you, I sat in the meeting. I was there and not there. And all I cared about was I'm not letting this shit go unless I say I want to shoot. You don't understand. My role changed because I did the shoot. My role was you're going to consult. And the reason why they brought me in is because I came up with the in- incredible idea to have an Air Force One store. And I wanted to run it. I wouldn't. I, look, look, I'm a DJ. I shouldn't even been thinking that dumb no. shit. 
people but I was only like, see the promo video <laughs> for what Mercer Street was supposed to be. When they had 21 Mercer was supposed to be an Air Force One store, and it's more 21 you guys knew nothing about or whatever. The original 21 Mercer was actually on, what, Canyon and... No. You mean the build-out? The build-out. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Going there. Wow. Going there. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yes. Cows, it look, it's cows and they yes. count down these executive Nike, but he's using it acting like a consumer and you're DJing. And yes, yeah. absolutely. Good yeah, shit. Yeah, wow. Count down. Yeah. yeah, I'm that guy that remembers that stuff. because I, I see. I, get I see. I love it. Um, side note, yeah, quick question. What brands have you guys all worked with and everything? We know you got a ton of models you touch. I'm asking that specifically. Uh, well, uh, yeah, Nike. Um, I launched BBC and Ice Cream with uh, Pharrell. Please say, please say oh, that again. Oh, damn. Can we get a big round of applause for <laughs> that? What, no, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What did you do with BBC? Oh, no, I, I launched it with Pharrell and Nico. Wait, hold on. Hold on. What did you do Not with the gym. brand? What did you do for the brand? As was that word? Line? What was it again? Launch. Yes, yeah, that means launch. took it off his feet yeah. so that you could see it. Yes, so that's I, I, you right there. I got sidebar. Yes, it's, it's, I got it's sidebar. the irony of that shoe. Irony. The irony that that shoe's the it. Irony. The irony. The irony. Well played. Shout out to my feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then a number of different things back at Nike um, and programs, you know, in different categories. Jordan, I've worked there for the 25th year anniversary of Jordan, 25th year anniversary of Air Force One. Um, entertainment. Jordan shoe without the jump man on it. What did I say that? Yeah, did. Uh, <laughs> entertainment marketing. So that was a big, big component because, to Clark's point, it was a department that was developed, but I was the first extension of the Entertainment Marina Del Rey office in New York. And you don't even know, but I, I like kept those black bolt. They just re-released them. Those up tempos. I think they redid it. Whatever. That was my first oh, box. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The black there you go. Store. There you go. So Ooh, way back. Number yeah. Ooh. Number things. Number things. KB saying, "Yo, I'm having a box sent to your house," and he was like, uh, "AC put a pair of shoes in there for you." And I was like, "All right." And I was open. I was like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, yeah, yeah. That, that was a moment. That was a that, moment. That was a moment. That was a moment. That was a moment. Never heard that. Yeah. University promo T-shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kenlo, 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 Kenlo. Yeah. So yeah, that's my story. Yeah. Uh, oh, magazines too. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, you got magazines. Oh yeah, Vibe. Sorry, sorry. Vibe magazine. Little yes. magazine called yes. Vibe magazine. Vibe magazine. I was there for a little while. Yes, and you're currently managing your. Currently your managing my lovely, beautiful daughter, who's just. You can catch her on a little show on MT on a NBC. Uh, NBC shortly. Small yep, yep, yep. She was on Broadway for two years in School of Rock, uh, part of the original cast, hand selected by Andrew Lloyd Webber, who's the Steven Spielberg of Broadway, essentially. Um, and she's just continuing to do amazing and things. What's that little show that she's on now? The little one that's... Oh, she will be on uh, Chicago PD. No, yes, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 reoccurring uh, role. Yes. Hey, sorry. I got I to gotta take a, a, a moment again. See, this is, this is big for me. I'm, I'm mainly listening to y'all, but I'm just kind of here. Um, I, this, this might get a little weird, but uh, I, I lost my dad real young, and I've always surrounded myself with strong men, especially strong black men. Since I didn't have a father, I lost him when I was 10. Uh, and I gotta, real, gotta give a real shout out to these guys for being not only like great men, but great fathers. Ooh, thank you. And being there thank for their you. families, thank man. That's big. That's big. And husbands, all right, that's thank huge, man. So, hey, that's, that, that, that's real big, man. I definitely Yeah, yeah. That, so, all right, back to the ahead. Sorry, so Clark. Um, wait, what was the question again? Brands. Brands. Oh, Brands. Brands. Yo, for real, Bobito did that shit like four times last night, and I was like, "How you forgetting the question?" But then the shit is happening to me. Um, brands, um, Atlantic Records is a brand. As a brand, Columbia Records is a brand. Epic Records is a brand. Uh, East West Records is a brand. 
Bad Boy Records. No, not Bad Boy. Um, Rockefeller Records Ooh. is a brand. Shout out to Clark for getting us our first street team check with Rockefeller Records way back when they were doing a small thing called Region Whatever. When you're in the game, you should help your friends if they are worthy. Not because they're your friends, go. if Absolutely. they're worthy. There you go. Thank my, you. My crew from Atlanta was worthy of getting a check, so I helped them get their first check with Rockefeller. I even have one of the illest stories of KB and Dave and all them talking about Here we stuff. go. But anyway, I'm not going to do that. Let's not do that. Have Kenny come on and Next do time. his talking. Yeah. Um, Motown Records is a brand. Dame Dash Music Group is a brand. Nike is a brand. Uh, if you really know my sneaker thing, I've done shoes with New Balance. I've done shoes with Adidas. I've done shoes with Nike. I've done shoes... Yeah, let, right there. Right now, that's what I've done. <laughs> that, that means something's coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... <laughs> can we? Can I ask you a question about something that might be coming, or am I not allowed to ask that question? About you something? ask me anything you want. You I'm, have a shoe coming sometime <laughs> the end of the year. Absolutely, the 30th right. anniversary of yes, the I Air do. Force One. You guys heard it first here on Kicking Knowledge. I'm not playing with nobody. Nah, man. let's just say that well, this is the realest thing that y'all ain't never seen. I'm trying to see it. Wow, it, y'all, y'all that are listening right now, he's having a moment. He's just head shaker. Just remember, you heard it first here. Yeah, don't even describe it. Just let them know it's coming because it's too no, much. I, I'm not going to describe it. I'm just going to say uh, a lot of people say, yo, what's the, be- what's the best shoe you've ever done? To you, what's your best shoe that you've ever done? And I always say I haven't done it yet. And I actually believe I'm probably never going to do it because I believe I haven't done it. Mm-hmm. So no matter how much I work, like, no one knows I did the, the, the 70, I mean, the, the, the New Balance for the Global Spin Awards. But if you hold a shoe, the shit is fucking fire. One of my favorite shoes, yellow oh, tip, black body. Yeah, thank you yeah, very yeah, much yeah, for that. Yeah. If you hold the superstars and the pro models that I did with Adidas, they're some of the best made shoes that Adidas has made in the past 15, 20 years. Just made. The way they're made and the materials that they're made. I care about the details. The details that are in this thing that I've done are so important to me that that um. I'm gonna stop him right there because I actually heard him on the phone with his dude that he actually got some inspiration from. Look, the, the the shoes are inspired by one of my best friends. Like this is a guy who I would actually risk my career for. Wow. Like. But he'd do it for Huge. me. This is a guy who would die for me. Oh, I would risk damn. my career and do something to somebody for him. <laughs> wow. You know, Astor knows I'll do anything for him. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't even have to question that. He knows that if he calls Clark, Clark's going to do it. You know that the same way for you. I have some real friends that I know are going to do real things for me. This is a guy who will come and shoot everyone in the room if I said I didn't like y'all. If he told me he needed <laughs> me real. to do the shooting... <laughs> He's so little, real. People got a little tight. I'm going to do the shooting. I'm a Brooklyn guy. Whoa. Yeah. But um, what him and I went through inspired the thought of the shoe. And I tried to do this shoe. Like, that, shit, that was the first shoe I was trying to actually put in the game. And because it was so, you're bugging. When, when I told the story, they were just like, yeah, you, you can't do that. That can't be done. You know what I'm saying? Like, even Astor one day had to tell me that they're not going to let that happen. 
You know what I'm saying? So I couldn't do it. Marcus was like, Clark, you know you're really crazy. They're not going to do this. And Brew, Brew told me I was crazy. Uh, what's his name? Um, Jesse Lever told me, yeah, Clark, that's, that's not, they're not going to do that. <laughs> and, you know, legal just would say no. But because the game is so different, this is going to happen. Shout out to Jesse and Brew. And I might lose my mind when this shit happens. Because it's happening. Yeah. And when you have something inside of you that you want to happen so bad, when it happens, that shit turns a corner for you again. I wanted to play club jams. I wanted to play park jams when I was 11. When I met DJ Flowers, he grandmastered DJ Flowers, he was playing a park jam, and I was like, yo, I want to play. And he goes, oh, you're the little guy from Union Street. And he lets me play a park jam. Sorry, corner turn. I'm never going to stop DJing now. He let me play a park jam. I played for an hour in Grandmaster Flowers' park jam. Are you fucking crazy? I'm 12. <laughs> I'm going to do this shit forever. Forever. And for y'all that don't know, that's like basically kind of almost like a DJ playing Madison Square Garden. No, that's like Wembley fucking wow. arena yeah. when you're 11. When you're 11, <laughs> to play in front of Grandmaster Flowers in Brooklyn... Is like playing at Wembley Arena with 300,000 people there. And everybody going, he's amazing. 500 people inside of Lincoln Terrace Park where I should have never been. And Grandmaster Flowers is DJing. He lets me DJ. I play well enough for him to go, you're pretty good. That's all I needed. I went home, told my grandmother, I'm never going to stop DJing. She thought I was crazy. She said, go ahead, baby. <laughs> I get the word from grandma I'm gone But that That's the thing Like when something Turns a corner for you This shit I'm gonna be like Yeah fuck it I don't have to do Another sneaker again If What I'm gonna do Happens the way It's gonna happen I don't need to do Nothing else I'm not a sneaker designer I just like sneakers I never said I design sneakers I said I color up and I, 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 I pick materials because a sneaker designer does brand new shit. I'm just taking shoes that I like and doing some shit to it that I like. So you know, Eastside knows, Mark knows. I've been around these guys enough to know you ain't no designer. <laughs> you ain't no designer. You just like doing dope shit. And that's all. I just like doing dope shit. And the most important thing is the, the, the quality that you give to the customer because I don't treat what I'm doing like I'm giving it to myself. I treat it like I'm giving it to the customer. Mm -hmm. And if you know anything about what I come from, your product is your calling card. Mm -hmm. If I give you bullshit, you're never coming back. Uh, nope. So my thing is I'm going to give you that uncut raw you can't even finish smoking it. So, I mean, wait, 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 wait. But with that, with that said, though, with that said, I challenge anybody to go back to any shoe that I worked on and tell me the materials weren't dope. Oh, no. Every last time. Wait, wait, every, wait. Every, yeah. And the reason why I say that is because, again, these guys have been around me when I worked on some shit. The first thing I did was... Where's the, where's the library? Show me where the fabrics are. I wasn't the guy who was going, yeah, put red there, put blue there. I was like, no, show me the material. Yeah. That, that quickly lends into something, because I know Ash has done something in the kitchen for, for our, our theme print, Kenny Burns, everything on that level. He did so much. You, but, you know but, what I'm saying? Wait, 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 hold on. I don't even understand the access that you had to the kitchen, because there's 99% of the people who work at Nike who's never been in the kitchen. Your access was... <laughs> 
They, they, they had Kenny's birthday forces up on the back wall for the longest time in the laser room. I don't know if you knew about that. I did not know that. Yeah, the Gucci's, they had yes. them up there forever. There was like a giant photo like, in, in Hans' laser room of those for the longest time. Oh, <laughs> shout out to Hans' laser room. Yeah. Wait, you, you know what? I'm going to say something on camera right now. Thank you for... That first time I sat with that room, mm -hmm. after we figured out them shoes with Mark, mm -hmm. you took me to the kitchen, and I met Jason Badden. Oh, Jason Badden. Come on, that's about to be, that's about but to be a, the craziest that's thing about Yo, him Ian, we gotta have Jason on the show. Yeah, Jason Badden. From that day, he was my fucking man. So when I came to Nike, I didn't even see him. <laughs> I didn't see you. I didn't so, see Jesse. I was in the kitchen. In the so, <laughs> no, but then one day, Jesse goes, Yo, I just want you to know there's a lot of people who are salty with you. And I'm like, For what? He's like, Clark, every time you come here, you spend a lot of time in the kitchen. And I'm like, So what? He was like, People haven't even gone in the kitchen. Worked there. Decades never been in the kitchen. I, I used to sneak told, in. I was told never Shout to bring you back. Shout out to being a janitor. Yeah, yeah. To the kitchen. I was the last Thank person. You. I was the last PLM allowed. Look, <laughs> yo, I was on the last PLMs allowed in there to come get your stuff because of because of the connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they didn't. Yeah, they people were really salty about that. Yeah. Yeah, I yo, it got to the point where I could not go to the campus without a chaperone. That's right, the chaperones. I had, now, here's what even makes it crazier. <laughs> it's your fucking fault. <laughs> this is what makes it crazier. When I got there and the chaperone had to get me, I'd go, come on, we going to the kitchen. And they'd be looking at me like, no, 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 Call the phone. Tinker. Yeah. I'm trying to come in the kitchen. Where are you, Clark? I'm saying somebody has to come in the kitchen. No, you really shouldn't call him. Why not? I got his number. The, the chaperones were so uncomfortable, uncomfortable in that moment. Yeah. No, no. They couldn't do anything. If I come there and like, okay, we want you to work on this project for basketball. Okay, cool. We're going to work on this project. I finished the project. If you bring me in at 10 and I finish by 12, I got five more hours to do whatever. <laughs> Yo, come on, I'm going to see my mans at Jordan. You're not working on Jordan. My, so my mans is over there. I'm going to see my mans at Jordan. You're coming. Either you're coming or I'm going to just let them come and get me. No, but I don't know. Let me call somebody and see if it's okay. Look, man. <laughs> that, that, that little piece of story that I'm telling you is probably one of the beginnings of the downfalls of the way shit was really, yeah. really happening. Y'all yeah. wasn't free no more. Yeah. If you ain't free, you gonna start fucking up. Yep. You gotta be free. I'm not gonna lie. That's part of the reason why I left. Mm -hmm. I just was like, man, I just want to make great product for great people. And that and culture changed. Yeah, culture, culture changed. Change. And I was working on price point product too, so yeah. it was like you know the cheapies, the one that the ones that nobody really wanted to pay attention to. Yeah. We started doing fire stuff, and they were like, all right, let's let's really clamp down on it. And, yeah. and Make some, make some, squeeze some dollars out of it. And you, I was you, like, no, man, let's make dope stuff for some kids. But you got to really think about this. If you're the company that's creating the culture, yeah. but your culture within starts to, mm. what are you doing to the culture? So can, can I, I just would love to piggyback on this because I We're think this is trouble. one of the gems. Yeah. No, this is one of the gems <laughs> that's the basis of the, the topic. Mm -hmm. Yep. If you're building a brand yep. or a service brand, which is a service or a product, 
as much time and energy and passion as you put into the industry that you're serving, you have to put into the culture that you're creating within your brand. Big time. The culture within your brand is critical. Critical. And that could just be one person or it could be all those that you have hired within your company. The internal culture is very reflective of what you then put out. I've seen culture shifts in companies where there was a culture that breeded leaders creating leaders that then shifted to leaders creating followers based off of fear. There's a shift in the product and the service that they offer you when that happens. So as passionate as you are about creating a product or a service, you have to be that much more passionate about the culture you create within your brand. And that's very factual. Man. That's all the way factual. And I mean, you can see it. I think you can see it across any brand. Any brand. That, that like, you can just tell that the things are changing. Absolutely. Like yeah. Um, man, look, yeah, look, it's funny because, like, we had a whole bunch of questions, but yeah. as we talked, you guys literally you just were keep answering slapping them. them. You know, I, I sent y'all the questions or whatever. But I, I, was, I, was you know, okay. yeah, I was peeking yeah, at yeah, your temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I was peeking at your temple. I was trying to keep y'all in line. I was side eye. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. You're lucky you had him on your side because I didn't even look at the questions. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's amazing because it's like I looked at him too. He, I have him sitting over here. He's like, no, no, no. You go sit over here. And so I've been trying to help. thank you, man. You're very welcome. Thank you, thank you. Because I'm the live wire. I will. We'll we'll be in here talking about how whack a producer is by accident. No, it's so barbershop talk. We want to talk about anything. Yeah. Look, 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 we're not to try to um get to the last ones and everything, but um, seeing as how you two built brands and everything, and like you've been in the growing and launching and everything, like what do you think the biggest difference is when you created a brand back then? When you created brands back then, versus creating brands back now, seeing as how you guys helped to create brands and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I'm speaking about it from perspective of having a social media versus having no social media. I would sum it up as we are in a microwave era and we came up in an oven era. Like truly oh, taking time yeah. to, you know, what I call Operation Marination. I love to cook. So I love yes, the marinated, slow cook, slow process. I've been to the Pay house. attention. Yeah, you, you've gotten a taste. It's fantastic. Um, but I think I, we came from an era where brands took the time to really build, build things and take you on that journey. I think now it's microwave. If it doesn't hit right now, uh, we're off that. What's the thing that's popping right now? Just And I think that's across multiple industries. I think music is another one that's very reflective of that. They're not taking the time to really develop talent, music, people. Um, and I, I think that's a significant change, especially with social media. Because if it doesn't hit a million likes or a million followers, then you're not influential. So, really? Come on, like, really? This is what we're putting value on? This is how we're quantifying it? Like, so that, that would be my thing. I think it's a, a distinct shift from oven-baked, slow-cooked to straight microwave, I need to put it in for two minutes and it has to be amazing. I, I'll piggyback off of that and, and I guess challenge um, what they are calling influencers. Mm. Mm. I ask the question, what are they influencing? Because if it's, oh yeah, he wears dope clothes every day, what are you influencing? So, it's, it's 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 like a double-edged sword because somebody in the brand is going, oh my God, he's super cool. Give it to him. Let him social media it out. Now, if he 
isn't influencing anything, why is he given the ability to influence? What is he shifting in the culture that makes him important to have this first? You know what I'm saying? So when you know that, I look at something as simple as Jay-Z making the record change clothes. Jay-Z said, no more jerseys, I'm 30 plus. Jam. Mitchell and Ness took a nosedive. Major, like major, no in the market. Shout out to Big Rue. Sorry, is, you might have lost your job. My question right is, time. <laughs> I think he did. I think he's like, seriously, huh? the market. Rube, Rube, Rube. No, he was still there. He didn't lose his job. He didn't lose his job, but the marketing no, department he didn't lose went his down. Job. He yeah. Basic. He's a good friend. No, he's, he a, he's a homie. Yeah. He basically forced his way out. Okay. Yeah. I thought you know I thought it was like them kind of literally. No, no, not okay. at all. He, okay. he, he worked his way out. Shout out to Rube. Y'all don't even know, but Rube's a dude to put everybody in them jerseys. Well, everybody who wasn't already, wasn't already wearing them. Right. Yes. But um, actual influencers. Or, yeah, or what you would actually call an influencer. <laughs> seriously, yeah. Someone who was really doing it for real. Truly. But this guy says, no more jerseys, I'm 30 plus. Mitchell and Ness takes his nose dive. Why doesn't anybody go, if he can say that, I'm good. I'm going to give him 50 million. They didn't. They gave it to somebody else who didn't change the game. He didn't. Who didn't? Nah. Look at the ones who actually shift the culture. I never one time called myself an influencer because I would really have to question, well, what am I influencing? I know that if I'm at a sneaker brand, I'm going, how am I shifting the culture of sneakers when I'm out here trying to make records on the best artists? Well, yeah, I gave you Jay-Z. So I shifted the music game. So if anything... I'm a music influencer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I influence what music is going to sound like. I work with Biggie. Like, who says they work with Biggie and Jay? <laughs> who says oh, that Jam. they're responsible for Junior Mafia? A bunch of kids who couldn't rap and made a gold and platinum album. Who can say that? That's influencing a culture of music. But who's like, dog, you not that fresh for me to want to dress like you. Like, Clive Frazier was fresh. We wanted to be Clive Frazier. Michael Jordan is fresh when it came to shoes. He couldn't dress for shit. Do you know? <laughs> Respectfully. No, no, no. Respectfully. Do you know anybody who wanted to dress like Michael Jordan? No. They still don't. <laughs> Got you. Well played. No, but, but, so well played. But when Spike Lee said, is it the shoes? Everybody wanted Jordan. He made the shoe a character. That's influence. Yeah. Spike Lee is... He's top five influencer. And he's not two, three, four, or five. Yeah. He is the best influencer in the sneaker game ever. Because he gave everyone else the ability to maybe influence. Now, I've heard you say that you... The, the, the culture piece and everything. But I would also argue the same fact in the same way that Spike influence the culture because of you being in music, because of you having your friends, and because of you, you know, I like to steal from Cameron and say you, a lot of these people wasn't there and everything like that all the time and everything, but you were there. Yeah, you know? I was there. And because of these things being a part of who you are, your ethos and everything, that guaranteed the true, like you you and Jay, true influencers. Even though you don't call yourself I, that. I wouldn't call myself that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying, but I think that you guys are valid in that space. I think I'm a really, really good talent search. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because here's the truth. Here's an actual fact. Talent begets talent. Mm -hmm. 
That's the reason why Pencil is here. Mm-hmm. Because that talent Shout can go. Pencil. He's talented. He's talented. He's talented. He's talented. To the point where there's 200 jobs out of Pencil. Give All a round of applause for that, everybody. For real. That's a big accomplishment, everybody. That's huge. That, that can't happen unless there's talent begetting that talent. Boom. Cool. Yeah, I, I don't even. I, I got nothing else to say about that one. That was I, a I got nothing else. If I push this over, is that considered a mic drop? It yeah, might. <laughs> just, just, just punch. I don't want to drop yeah. it. Or <laughs> Look, Jeff might punch up. Like, yeah. yeah, throw it yeah, over. Shout out to Jeff, our engineer. Yes, thank you, Jeff. Who yes, 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 I actually yes. met uh, working at the gym. Right now. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Yes. Does anybody have a question? Hey. Yeah. Any questions I'm out there? Anybody? Question? That's a lot of people actually. A lot of people out in the crowd, but it's a lot of people from outside the country too. Can, can we get your name here? Because we got a famous person asking. What's your name, sir? Stephen Green, little TED Talk guy. The Stephen Green. Max 97. If you could only get one pair. Yeah. Okay. That was re- Max 97. People. When it came out, it just resonated for me. The re- reflective piece. It was the first full, uh, full Viz Air yep. shoe. So, and when I was coming up, I was, wow, that was my first year out of college. So I was able to afford to buy them. And so for me, that was hands down, Max 97s. 20 years later. And now it's, and now it's booming that? again. How about that? Oh, oh my favorite <laughs> shoe ever. I don't think there's a person in this room who doesn't know my favorite <laughs> shoes. Why and why Air Force One. I am from the Dope Boy era. I was a dope boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not glorifying it. I'm just saying you, sometimes you got to go through shit to get to shit. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and we bought white on whites because they were the perfect canvas. They looked perfect on site. I, I got a story. I don't know if you remember this, but it was the uh, second year we did Soul Train Awards. We showed up. We were balling on a budget and everything. And it was at that that party, it was when we went to the Soul Train Awards or whatever, we didn't really have enough money to go get the Versace and all that type of stuff. But I don't know if you remember, but Ken Lo laced us in some nice 2620 shirts. We oh, hit yeah. Sporty LA and we showed up in jean outfits. That's when I knew I had Clark's respect because he walked to the front door. They were suited up and booted. And we had matching jean outfits that matched our shirts and matched our forces. And he was like, and I think we kind of started a trend that year because I think everybody started doing jeans and stuff the next year, right? Yeah, but I wasn't suited and booted, if you remember. I thought you had a Versace joint on. No, I had a Versace Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't suited and booted. Okay, okay. okay. Suited and booted is when well, yeah, we, when we no, yes. Suited and booted is when we did um, the New Year's Eve yeah. at the... At the, 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 the museum. At, at the museum. Yeah. That was suited and booted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was fresher than everybody that yes. night. Yes. <laughs> because, because only... I, I get to do this while oh, you're here. Damn. Only because it was the whole 26, 22, 20 crew. I was the outside member. But my Versace suit was custom made, and theirs was off the rack. Yeah, yeah, he was balling on, on another level. Anyway. We were balling. I never, I never even seen that. How about I, that? I don't even know what that would look like. No, but, no. But the crazy <laughs> shit about that Versace suit is about that Versace suit. God damn it, it was fresh. And after the party, I uh, went to the hotel, and we were so drunk. <laughs> That the next day I lost. The suit. Oh! <laughs> shout out to Lost Versace suits no, at ATL. No, so, shout out to somebody out there. at the Biltmore Hotel. Yeah. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I don't even know how I lost the suit. I just know I was like, "Fuck, where's my suit?" And 
the, the, the thing was, everybody was like, man, that shit was fresh. I had the Versace buttons. It was so custom. These like, the Versace the people were mad that I wanted it custom like that. Because yeah. I didn't get mine custom where they bought theirs. I bought mine in New York and brought it down with me. And they were looking at me like, Clark cheated. These, I was like, well, we all said Versace, right? These were the days when we literally, because we had liquor promotions in our lives, and they literally would give us buckets. I mean, paint buckets full of champagne. And I'm not talking like cheap champagne. This was like Mo and Dom. Like, we would literally be walking through the party in suits with... <laughs> it, was, like, it, was, it was too good to the point where I really... I honestly... I can't remember 97% of what happened. All I know is we got dressed, we went to the party, I DJ, and at some point... Everything is a blur. But that suit, I remember it because everybody was mad. Kenny was the most mad because yeah, he was like, nigga, is that shit custom made? Yes, yes, it, it, your suit is not double breasted. Mine is. <laughs> you are not wearing the Versace I'm wearing. <laughs> it was, I was terrible. We were terrible young boys. Yes. We're all blessed to be here. Absolutely. One more question. Who you guys uh, have as influence who never got recognized back in the day? And who do you guys see as the next Pee Wee Kirkland, Clive Frazier, Rolando Scott, Ishmael, Freddie, Choo Choo. Uh, I'm going to say his name. And one day y'all will Google it and you'll be like, Influencer? Pappy Mason. Wow. Wow. In my hood. Wow. In my hood, it was Pappy Mason. He had unbelievable flash here. But he's from my block. Excuse so. me, because your man, your man from your city said it, but Mr. Rayful Evans, of course, I can give him that from D.C. and everything that's that. Yeah. Come on, I'm now. Not, no, I'm not mad. Yeah. Yeah. Rayful's doing it out of yeah. D.C. But, um, but they're actually yeah, the, 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 real, the real, real influences because anybody who got money wanted to dress like the dudes who had money wow. in their hood. So if you know Pee Wee Kirkland had money and you looked at him driving a Rolls Royce, Clyde Frazier is from Ohio. He did not know what a Rolls Royce was until he saw Clyde Frazier. I mean, until he saw Pee Wee Kirkland. He was like, what is that outlandish shit? I want one of those. <laughs> and even, I'd even take it a step further, but uh, God rest his soul, but Carmelo Anthony's buddy, uh, Warren, that used to work for Downtown Locker Room. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Like, Warren never made it to Instagram whatsoever, but I've literally seen Warren be in a store while we're doing a focus group mob of kids look at his shoes saying oh that's totally whack that's totally whack and Warren will just be sitting back there studying it and just like out of the blue be like nah I think it's something cool the entire store no those are the coolest things on the planet man it's the best thing when they coming out that's a true influencer that's no social media presence whatsoever he was a d-boy but he was reformed he was working retail he just knew how to dress I mean like I, I will literally put it in you know, not to brag on our friends and everything like that, but I think we, I mean, honestly, you can put it out there. A lot of us are people running clothing brands and all that type of stuff, but we yeah. came out of a very interesting period where we just learned how to dress good. It was a part of your life. And, like, I think, honestly, like, we were we were the, we were the early influencers. We yeah, got the packages. For sure. For sure. Like, I, and, and I, I know I probably sound old with saying what I'm saying, but that's what I come from. I come from who was a superhero in New York. Clyde Frazier was a superhero. Clyde Frazier had his name written on in gold on the side oh, of a sneaker. Yeah. I'm Bullshit. look, man. Yeah. You can you can talk about whoever you want. Right. Clyde Frazier one gave us a championship. Two had his <laughs> name on the side of a shoe. That influence. Yes. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. Before commercials. Before commercials, before advertising, 
What did you see in the streets in New York? Clyde's. Why? He gave us a championship. His sneakers looked cooler than all sneakers. I'm not saying some. This is before Nike. This is before Nike really did it. His sneakers looked better than everybody. His sneakers were suede. That shit's unheard of. He had suede sneakers with his name written in gold that he really couldn't even play in properly. <laughs> Think about it. Think about when Clyde's came. He was on his way out. Yeah. But we were like, them shits are beautiful. And then it was colors that no other sneaker brand was doing. Which honestly, I think Air Force One probably probably came behind and followed. Honestly, yeah, we know the yeah. we know the Flavor of the Month program. Shout yeah, out to Sam yeah. Siegel, Jerry yeah, Locko, Drew, and all those crew. That was Flavor of the Month. When Puma Clyde's came out, there was six different colors at a time. I'm I'm sorry, B. Clyde Frazier in New York City. Guys from my era, they would never front Clyde Frazier, yo. Even though we look at the way he dressed now and think, damn, dog, what are you wearing? Sometimes? Back in the day? Back in the day? Back in the days? Back in the days when he walked out of the garden and he had that L suit on? That was everything. We wish we could afford that shit. We wanted to be Clyde Frazier. We all played sports, and then if you know anything about basketball, it's the only sport that you don't need anything but one basketball. You played in Timberlands, you played in Skips, you played in whatever, a basketball. That's the reason why basketball is so important in the hood, is because you don't have to have equipment. So you don't have to have money to buy pads and shell, I mean, and, 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 and a uniform to play football. You didn't need to buy a glove because everybody had to have a glove to play base, baseball. Mm -hmm. All you had to do was get to a court with a basketball and 12 people could play. I mean, six, um, 10 people could play. 10 people, one basketball? Basketball is big because of the hood. It's yeah. the biggest in the hood. That's the reason why basketball is so important to the culture. This, this thing is because of basketball. Ten. Clyde Frazier, yes. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Tiny Nate Archibald, Pro-Kids, um, Shucks, even, what's his name, who had who had ponies, who was wearing ponies? Oh, Spud. Spud, Spud Webb Web was Spud wearing Web, po yeah. ponies. Like, motherfuckers didn't even want to wear ponies until, oh, Spud Webb wears them. Ah, we need those ponies. Atomics for the larger one. The, yep. the, the, <laughs> the player is what made you buy the shit. Brooks. Brooks. Brooks? Brooks, yeah. Yeah, with Dominique, come on, who was wearing Brooks? You wore Brooks as soon as you saw Dominique taking off from the God knows where. Oh, like, wait, he's wearing Brooks? Oh, I'm a, yep. Yo, that thing when people say, like Mike, you bought Jordans and played in them because you thought you could be like Mike. Like Mike. Now, before you were trying to be like Mike, before you were trying to be like Mike, you really were trying to be like Clyde. But what you didn't even put together was I don't even know if I want to play like him more than I just want to look like him. Yeah. That's real brand That's power. That's a superhero. That's real brand See, power right there. Michael Jordan's a sports hero. Clyde Fraser's a superhero because we're from New York. So we looked at him like, shit, look how fresh he is. Yo, listen, he was driving a Rolls Royce. Nobody knew what that shit was. No, yo, think about how long it took for a rapper to buy a Rolls Royce. The first rapper with a Rolls Royce was Eric B. Not Rakim, Eric B. The DJ who did the deal, who had the most money in the deal, he bought a Rolls Royce. Nobody else bought a Rolls Royce. It was almost like, what the fuck are you buying? He 
just wanted everybody to know he had the most money. He bought a Rolls Royce. No one cared. Because we were like, the fuck is a Rolls Royce? Oh, wait a minute. That's the shit Clyde had. Oh, you <laughs> must be a multi-billionaire. You bought this shit that Clyde had. But it took 20 years for somebody that we could identify with to buy a Rolls Royce. And he bought a Rolls Royce because of Clyde Frazier. That's the number one Brain influencer. Power. Terrence, I think you had a question. Yeah, the, I'm sorry I went on so the long. Ass team in the back. I'm very passionate. I'm very passionate about Clyde Fraser. Very. <laughs> you alright, Terrence? You good? Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I'm sorry. You didn't answer the question. I apologize. <laughs> we got, no, okay, okay, cool. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, another mic drop. Right. Um, I think we're coming to the event last night. It was an honor to be there. Thank you. The the most significant collaboration that I've ever done in my entire life is my wife. Oh wow. That's it. wow. Hey, y'all heard what I said earlier about family. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I mean, I, I can't get better than that. My wife gave me my kids, and that's 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 a collaboration. It's a real collaboration. Yeah, that that's what I got. Cool. Uh, yeah. Did you did you want me to get specific and talk about shoes? <laughs> That, that was a real answer. That's, yeah. real. that's the real. That's all that matters. That's the most important thing. The real. Okay, my second best collaboration. I made reasonable doubt. Can we get a shoe one? You're welcome. Can we get a shoe? You're welcome. Look, and I think honestly, yeah, I don't think we can ask any more questions. That was kind of like a mic dropper, you know, building shaker, ground crumbler, and then some. Shout out to Jay Z for letting that happen and everything, and all the brands and all the brand power. Trust me, he didn't let that happen. Yeah, I trust me, I know he didn't let it happen. He didn't let it happen. That probably was one of the hardest things I've ever had to make happen. Shit, goddamn. That's another. That's a whole another episode. Yeah, episode. No. We're going to get Clark back out here for another one. AC two. Yeah, that yes. might bring tears. Me trying to explain that shit. Hey, <laughs> Dude, look, I'd love to even just get you, the UM and uh, KB up on the show together. Absolutely. Time. All right, yo, we want to thank y'all more than a lot for actually taking the time out to enjoy all this. Great thank, you thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. I really appreciate it. This is a big moment for me. I, got, I, got, I, got, I think I have a question for the audience. Were most of y'all at Bobito's thing last night? No? Yeah. There are a few, yeah. yeah. Okay, there were enough people with that Bobito's thing last night. You, you want to know what I find? crazy is how many questions y'all have for Bobito but you had like three for us now now my question is were we as informative as possible that you didn't have questions or was it that what was it alcohol huh? <laughs> alcohol. Alcohol. alcohol I told you we gotta get this more drink champs like People need oh. us to wrap up. Oh yeah, they yeah. understand. They can, yeah. they can wrap this. Yeah, and we I will keep answer. Hey, we can keep going. Yeah, yeah. We can keep going. I mean, yeah. they can wrap up. We can keep. We can put some money in the middle. We're gonna, gonna, gonna pause. Uh, <laughs> hey, shout out to the champ, Chris Dixon. Yeah. Hey. Battery's down. 
and everything. Oh yeah, Every, everything, all of everything. If we could take it on, then we yeah. can keep going. That's it. Money That's it. Yeah. Hey, we gonna put money in the meters. We are gonna come back and just talk like people. Cool. Is that cool? Hey. Hey. Huh? Oh, did we not wrap it up? We didn't wrap it up. Better wrap wrap it up, B. Hey. So yeah, like like Cuban B would say, we gotta wrap it up. Okay. And we want to say thank you all very 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 much, all the folks watching. On IG Live, hopefully it was more than like five or ten of y'all. Um, but we're going to grow that audience. Hey. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time out to be here today again. And thank you for myself, Ezai Witherspoon. And oh, yeah, Ian Williams, man. Thank you, everybody, man. Really appreciate it. Yes. Pleasure, 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 pleasure. Thank you all much. Pleasure, pleasure. Peace, peace, peace. Always keep us on on our D. So many people get to come and see this type of thing, and then they go home and be like, "I wish I could ask." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So my thing is, if I'm in a place where I can answer a question, just do it. Yeah. Hey, hey, can we keep going? Yeah, if you got, yeah, we can keep going. Just put money in the meeting. I gotta, I gotta run downstairs for a second. But can we? You guys want to just take the picture right now, or you want to go to do the meeting? Heck yeah, man, do it.